Let's see. Yeah, I can do this. Let's just look at Psalm 24 for a second. I think this kind of goes right with it. Let's just read through this quickly. Just got a lot of people out of town, got a lot of people flying, driving, gone, in the bed this morning, wishing we were online streaming. Something about that cold. See, my wife and I, we're from Detroit. So you grow up in the cold. I mean, y'all, I cannot tell you how many times, I mean, shoot, how many feet of snow. Yeah, I mean, they're not canceling little church services in Detroit over some snow. I mean, no, I'm dead serious when I tell you, in order for them to can't, in order for some churches to cancel service on a Sunday morning, it's going to have to be about maybe, um, yeah, about, yeah, that's correct. Two, three feet of snow. He's not exaggerating. I remember going to church in two, three feet of snow. Yeah, so it's, uh, it, some of y'all look like, what? We cancel it over a snowflake. Yes. Not in Detroit, New York. Okay. They're like, <laughs> never mind. I had to get that out of my system when I came here. Psalm 24, 3 through 6. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Another way of saying that is, who will be allowed to go from level to level in their life? And who may be able to stand in God's power? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols, number one, never tell lies, number two. They will receive the Lord's blessing, number three, and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Okay. So, you know, you've heard me mention that my wife and I have been on this quest to figure out why when you read the Bible, and then you come to church, it was like two different worlds. Um, at the end of the seven years, the Lord has now answered those questions. And so uh, we share, we will share a lot of stuff with you on New Year's Eve. You will greatly miss it if you do not come to New Year's Eve service. Things that we share on New Year's Eve, it's, a, it's us stepping into another dimension. And it's scaring us because, I mean, it's just everyday thing. I'm just like, whoa, this is crazy. And so, uh, so at the end of the seven years, it's like the Lord completed a formula for us. And a puzzle for us. How many of you know you have all of the pieces of the puzzle and it's not until it's almost done that you can kind of see clearly what the picture is. We're in the same thing. The Lord was putting pieces of a puzzle together with his ministry for the first seven years. That's why so many people misinterpreted it. They were trying to figure out the picture while the Lord was just giving the pieces. Okay. So, um, but as a result of that, one of the major things that the Lord has revealed to us is the whole concept of here. It says clean hands and a pure heart. Most of the church has focused on the clean hands part. You know, you're not smoking weed no more. You don't go to the club no more. You're not sleeping around no more. You're not, you know, all of that type of stuff that you can see. But the scripture did not say uh, the category was for those who had, and that falls into the category of clean hands. The hard part and the biggest part has been the pure heart. Because it is the things that are on the inside of your heart that you cannot see. Okay, so Mark chapter 7, 14 through 15, we're going to do a nice little pre-Thanksgiving teaching to keep things, I can't believe I said nice and calm, ain't nothing been calm about this morning yet, but we're going to keep it going. Jesus called to the crowd to come in here. All of you listen, he said, and try to understand. <laughs> oh, that's a little rude. It's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. Then he goes on to explain it further in Mark chapter 7, verse 17. Jesus went into a house to get away from the crowd and his disciples asked him what he meant by the parable he had just used. He said, don't you understand either? <laughs> he asked, can't you see that the food you put into your body cannot defile you? Food does not go into your heart, but only passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. By saying this, he declared that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. What type of food? Chocolate covered ants? Mocha covered roaches? Y'all like whatever. Okay. We're talking about being defiled. Okay. So with God, 
I have to make this very clear because it's got new doctrines and new ideologies and new theories today. With God, you can eat whatever you want when it comes from a clean heart point of view. Now, I may clog your heart. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You might end up with higher blood pressure and diabetes and all those different type of things. Okay, so you do have to use wisdom in regards to you, how you do things. I don't eat a lot of pork, but uh, if I get a feeling, I go to one particular spot. I don't eat. A, I mostly don't eat red meat because turkey meat is lighter. All of those wonderful things. People are on special diets. They're vegetarians for certain reasons. You know, some people don't eat pork and shrimp because they're scavengers and like. A, but, but chickens are not out there eating. You know, never mind. Okay, wonderful. That's why the Bible says when it comes to food, it says for it says the vegetarian does not eat meat because his faith is weaker. As the person that eats meat is stronger. But then it said something. It said, don't let the person that's a vegetarian look down on the individual that eats meat. And it says, don't let the person that eats meat look down on the vegetarian because their faith is weaker. You know what she said? Leave each other alone and mind your own business. And, and if you shop at Kroger, stay at Kroger. You shop at Publix, you shop at Publix. <laughs> God just saying, you know, and he ends that by saying, who are you to judge another man's servant? He said, if it's unclean to him, then it's unclean. And then it's a scary scripture that I sometimes I wish was not in the Bible. It says, happy is the man that does not condemn himself in the thing which he allows. That is a dangerous scripture. Because if your mindset is wrong, you'll justify it to do anything you want to do. It's a very dangerous scripture. It's a lot of freedom in Christ. You know, Paul said, never mind. I'll need to repeat what Paul said. Give you all some old stuff to do. Okay. So all foods are acceptable. Then he added, it is what comes from inside that defiles you. For within, out of a person's heart, Come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, <laughs> envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within and they are what defile you. Let me say something is that when you start working on this, you can tell that it's in you um, because I, I've been dealing with this a lot. Um, when you, when you, uh, is any of you, any ever been in a situation where you said, you know what, I'm going to stop gossiping or I'm going to stop saying certain things. And the more you keep your mouth closed, the more you hear the voices in your head. Yeah. Because everything, every, you know, everything in the room always trickles up, you know, a smell in the room is always in the air food. It, it does that. So the things in your heart keep trying to creep into your mind. And and, it, it, and and how many have found yourself something pops up into your mind and you want to say it and you're trying to hold it back on the inside of your mind, you know. And so, but yeah, but that's that's an example of the, 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 uh, the things that are in your heart that are creeping up, trying to force their way out. Because when you say it, it starts coming to pass. And when you say it, you also have to be judged for it. That's why the Bible says you have to give an account for every idle word. It didn't say every idle thought. You have to give an account for every idle word that comes out of your mouth because every idle thought is not you. Some of those thoughts are things that have been in your heart. Some of those thoughts are voices of other people and some of those thoughts are voices of the devil. That's why you will not give an account for every idle thought, but you will give an account for every idle word. That's why the Bible says, take no thought saying. See, you hear these thoughts and how you receive it is when you start saying what you're hearing. Which is very, as many of us that have produced stuff that was planted by a devil. Psalm 1912. Nice little Thanksgiving message today. Because we're not having church next week. We will not be here Wednesday or Thursday. You are welcome to come and worship on the steps. In fact, you can go to Golden Corral, get you a plate, come right over here and worship the Lord, say grace. I'll be right at home in front of the TV doing absolutely nothing. We'll be happy. We'll be in church for the rest of our lives. I think it's okay for us to take off a week. Don't y'all agree? Somebody going to give a suggestion. How about a month? <laughs> Proverbs 4.23. Guard. Sorry. Psalm 19.12. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. The same way 
that if there is mustard on my jacket right here, everyone can see it except for me. You cannot see yourself. Now, if you can't see yourself physically, the only way to see yourself physically is by looking in the word. That's why the Bible calls the Bible. The Bible calls itself a mirror. As you read the word, you're like, "Ooh, I'm not doing that. You, any of you read the word, you just stop reading and say, Lord, I just want to give my life to you one more time. I did that last week, reading that book on humility. Lord, I don't think I'm saved. You let me be a preacher as a sinner, but I'm going to give my life to Christ so I can make it in because I'm not doing this right here. I mean, you ever read the Bible like, well, man, I am way off track. Yeah, that's why it's a mirror. Okay, the mirror will show you, ladies, that your wig is cocked to the side. But you may not know that. I ain't saying anything later. I'm just saying you may not... No, whatever. <laughs> and you ever went to the mirror, you're like, oh, Jesus. I know I was looking that crazy. Okay. So, all of us, do you know one of the hardest things for a lot of people during this series has been them dealing with how much gunk was really in their heart and dealing with the emotions of that. And that's, that's a tough process to go through. It's easier when you know how much God loves you. When you get, when you, when you feel bad, as you find out how raggedy you are, if you go into depression, it's only because you don't know how much God loves you. Because God loves you while he knew, how many know, God knows just how ragged we are. He knows just how terrible we can be. He knows, I mean, this is what's deep, is God knows every mistake you're going to make in the future, but he still saved you. That's what it means by God loves you before, you know, we love him because he first loved us. And most of us, most of you, let me tell you what's getting ready, the process you're getting ready to go through. Because God wants you to walk in power. That, that he, we have found the disconnect. The disconnect, my wife and I talk about this every day now. The disconnect is our hearts. It's the only reason why the power of God is not flowing. It's the only reason why we can't do miracles. It's because of that issue. Because God cannot run power because power flows through your heart. He cannot run power through something that is un, un, unpure. How many ever been to the mechanic and something was wrong with the car and you took it back there because something was going on funny, whatever, and ever been to the mechanic and they fixed the problem, but then what do they do? They come out and they show you the part that was bad. And you heard some of you that has never happened because you're like, oh, no, my husband just, yeah, okay. So, but I, that's happened to me many a times, whether it be brakes or something and the engine was not working right. And the guy will come out and say, sir, here's the bad part. I'm like, what is that? He would then explain to me what this does, why it went bad, how it went bad, and how it's affected the whole engine. And then they do, they, they do something strange. You want to keep it? No, man, I'm about to put this on a trophy case in my living room. They usually ask you, do you want to keep the bad part? No, throw that away. But that's, what's, that's what the Lord is trying to do in your life because he's the ultimate mechanic. He's saying your life is not working right. He said, and it's because of the stuff that you can't see underneath the hood in your engine called the heart. Okay. What an engine is for a car is exactly what a heart is for the human body, naturally and spiritually. And so God is asking us to give him an invitation to go into our hearts and bring to the surface. See this right here? This right here is the reason why you're always afraid. See this right here? This is right here. This right here is the reason why you believe you're never going to get married again. See this right here? This is the reason why you're always depressed. See this right here? This is the reason why everybody, every time someone tries to show you, you know, something you need to adjust, you cuss them out. See this right here? This right here is why you keep sleeping around. See? It's hitting things on the inside of your heart that you can't see. If you can't see yourself physically, how in the world are you going to see yourself spiritually? Okay? And so it takes only the word and it takes God to reveal that to you. And if you don't seek the Lord that way, he won't reveal it to you. Because that's one thing about, I've seen this pattern in scripture, is that there are some things uh, God will never reveal to you until you ask. He's the perfect gentleman, perfect gentleman. If you don't ask, they won't tell you. Don't assume that because God, we, this is what we think. Well, if God wanted it to change, he would say something. Nope, that's their, that's their agenda. If you wanted to change, you would say something. You might ask us to change it. It's amazing how in the Bible, God, I mean, from war to healing to whatever, the person got an answer once they asked. That's why the Bible says so much about asking. Okay. Romans 5, 5. This is the hope and this hope will not lead. I'm sorry. Proverbs 4, 23. 
Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Let's stop right there, okay, just for a moment, because we're almost done. It said, guard your heart, because what's in your heart determines which street you go down. Okay, so some folk, the only reason why you keep going down the wrong street is because what's in your heart keeps guiding you down. Can you imagine the heart is the GPS and it sends you the wrong direction because of the stuff that's in your heart? That's why it says guard it. You got to guard what's going in and you got to guard what's coming out. How you guard what's going in by what you look at and what you listen to. What gets into your heart comes pretty much through two different ways. What you look at and what you listen to. And that's why, you you know, I don't know. I got to do a series one of these days here on music. Music is very, very, very. Music is the one thing that allows anything to go into your heart without your permission. It's the only thing. Think about it. Most of you will listen to something crazy. Think about a very vile rap song that you listen to. If a person walked up to you and just started talking to you that way, you'd shut them off. You put those songs in a book of poems and the kids wouldn't read it. But you attach a super cool beat to it and the kids and people will listen to anything because the music is so tight. Because music allows anything to enter you without your permission. You are willing to listen to anything that's wicked, evil, and vile, adultery, whatever it is. Murder, smoking weeds, doing drugs, big baller, all that type of stuff. You will listen to that because the music is so good. That's why they knew in school that the quickest way for you to learn your ABCs is to sing it. You guys have the people to say their ABCs without singing, they can't even do it. They get stuck at the LMNOP part and then they want to start over and then they start singing it. That's me. Okay, so you have to guard your heart. And let me say this, y'all, because, you know, we're going to wind down a little bit as we go into the holidays because um, uh, we're going to start out, not on level 10, we're going to start out on level 20. The, the ministry will start at a different dimension. The teaching will be on a different, everything, but it's going to answer, it, it will begin to answer every question. It's very overwhelming for us because it's like a whole other alternate universe is open to us from the word. But let me tell you what you're going to have to do. You cannot afford to come to church, listen to a message, and go, and, and go home and don't practice it. If that's the case, you don't need to come to church. You are wasting your time. Because the stuff that we push out of this place, if you practice it, you will be forced to go higher. I'm telling you. You're going to be forward this right here. And this is the deep part. For some people that won't practice it at home, you'll still be forced to go higher. Because it's a different dimension in the platform that we're going to operate at. I mean, what the Lord revealed to us about this seven years, y'all, messed me up. Y'all, whew. Romans 5, 5. This hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Okay? So the main reason for the Holy Ghost is to fill your heart with God's love. The main part, yes, Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Yes, the Holy Ghost is what changes you, gives you the new birth. Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you in all the truth. He will speak to you, all of those. He will convict you. He will comfort you. The main reason why you are given the Holy Ghost is to get the unseen gunk out of your heart and for it to be replaced with God's love. That's the main reason. And like I said before, there are pretty much three dimensions. I have found that there are, y'all, the numbering system in scripture is unreal. My wife and I can't even get up. God does things in threes. He does them in sevens and he does them in five more than any other time. What he does in sevens blew me away. We have, we have mistaught an entire generation of people. Simply because of that numbering system. It is so in scripture that God does in threes and he does in sevens. It is unreal. And he's done it in every last one of your lives. You just, you just didn't see the pattern. So that's another series that we got to work on called Patterns. It is it's so unbelievable. I'm just sitting up the Lord. What have we been teaching? He's like, nothing. He said, I'm so good. I can take nothing you preach and make something out of nothing. Same way I created the planet. Job said that. He said, the whole earth is hanging on nothing. How you hang something on nothing? First Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. This is going to be a nice Thanksgiving message. Huh? Man, this is, 
Y'all like, yeah, dude, you ain't said amen yet and gave the benediction. You usually throw something in there. Yeah, it's coming in a second, I think. Love is patient and kind. This is what the Holy Ghost wants to produce in you. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. I just realized I didn't give my example. I'm going to come back to it in a second. It is not jealous, boastful, proud, or rude. Somebody say amen. amen. Especially during the holidays. Don't let me see you on CNN on Black Friday. You out there speaking in tongues, popping somebody upside the head. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. How many know we need to read the Bible for the rest of our life? Just on those last three right there. Not irritable, keeps no record of being wrong, and it does not demand its own way. Yeah, we need Jesus, as the t-shirts say. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy, speaking in tongues, and special knowledge will become useless one day, but love is the one thing that will last forever. So, in Jude 1.20-21, through 21, you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. And await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourself safe in God's love. Okay. And now the example that I was going to use is that there are three dimensions of teaching. There are threes in everything. It's unreal well, how much the Bible is teaching me right now. But there are threes in everything. First level of dimension is when you beg God for everything. You just get on your knees. Lord, please get me out of this situation. Please pay this bill so I can watch the movies again because our cable got shut off. Folk know they can get in favor of some cable, boy. They, they be cracking me up. Y'all think I'm lying. <laughs> Probably one of the biggest requests we get financially. Turn that cable back on. No, you need to sit in the dark and read your Bible. That's what you need to do. Okay. So. Oh, that's what happens when you have a leak. Sorry about that. Okay. So. Uh, so that's the first dimension is where you beg God. The second one is where you work principles. You work principles of faith. If you do this, this will happen. Jesus taught that. If you do this, this will happen. The third one is where you, uh, the third one is where when you become like God, you ask him for nothing. He gives you everything. And that's the dimension that the Lord has taken us into where when your hearts become pure, you can handle anything you've asked for because you are not pure. If I give you a very nice car because your heart is pure, you know, one of the most sad stories I heard was a gentleman. He talked about this at his church. He said there was a minister on his staff and he said, you know, you know, he wasn't that well to do, as they say. And so uh, but he would use his car to pick up uh, members of the church that were less fortunate. He would do that. And so as a result of doing that, remember, when you do stuff for poor people, the Bible talks about there's a great reward for that. Well, the man ended up becoming rich, got a brand new Mercedes Benz, went to the pastor and told him, you know, I can't bring those people to church anymore because, you know, they're getting the inside of my car dirty. That's the greatest honor in the world, you all. It's called a vacuum cleaner. It's called a car wash. It's called finding a detailer. Never mind. Isaiah 11, 1 through 2. We'll do this last one. I just want to show you what you have so you can start practicing it. Out of the stump of David. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. This is in reference to Jesus. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. How many would agree that the spirit of the Lord is resting upon you. Okay. When you give your life to Christ, the spirit of God enters you. When you receive the second manifestation called the Holy Spirit upon praying in tongues, the Holy Spirit rests upon you. And then when he does, this is what you have. Number one, you have the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Seven things. This is seven again. I think they made a graphic out of that with a, maybe a small definition for each one. Can you put that up for me, please? Cool. So I gave a mild definition. You can take a picture of it if you like. Let me know if I'm in the way. First one is this, this is what happens when you receive the Holy Spirit upon you. You receive the Spirit of the Lord. 
you know, and we gave a definition that one of the definitions, the major definition in the scripture of the Holy Ghost is he is the earnest or the down payment for your inheritance. And, you know, we dived into that a little bit last Saturday that, you know, if I put $5,000 on a house, because you know how many know the down payment is always the small amount. If I put $5,000 on a house, you'd be like, oh, okay, you might have a dollars $200,000 home. But imagine what type of house you would have if the down payment was $30 million. If the down payment on a house is $30 million, how many of you know this is a house of all houses? Okay. Now imagine, now let's go a little bit higher. Imagine what would happen if the Lord told you, all right, we got a whole bunch of stuff for you in the future, okay, but, but the down payment is planet Earth. So we don't mean you can live in it. We mean it's yours. So, yeah, you're the head potentate king of all, not of US of A, all of the planet, okay? You own everything. You dictate everything, money, food, resources, everything, you own the planet, and that's the down payment for what we really have for you. Now, imagine if we take it one more time. Imagine what happens. Imagine how big your inheritance is if the Lord told you, yeah, yeah the universe is the down payment. Now, what is on the other side? When the individual who made the universe is the down payment. That's what he said. Yeah. Ooh, glory. They don't know nothing about that, brother. That's old school Holy Ghost right there. Ooh, glory. Leroy Thompson and Kenneth Hagin. Hi. It's down payment. So that's just who he is. We ain't talking about how he starts working on your life. That's just who he is for your future eternity. He is the down payment. And so you cannot fathom what would be beyond the universe if the universe was the down payment and that's the small amount. But the individual who made the universe is the down payment. Second thing is wisdom. This means skill in warfare, wisdom in administration. That's remember David. David, remember what David said. Y'all thank God just sitting up there with some crumbs. Oh yes, we just love peace. Yeah, they love peace too, but they will bring it. Hey, Bible said David said, Lord, you are the one that teaches my hand to war. Hey, one one the main reasons why the United States military is so skillful. Is because of them honoring God in the early days. You have no idea, and I don't get time to teach on that, how the Lord gave them wisdom for war, for also because, because they protect Israel. Skill in war, wisdom in administration, prudence in religious affairs. It also means wit. When you study Jesus answering the scribes and Pharisees, he was very witty. One time they said, Lord, we got a question for you. He said, hold on, before I answer that, I got a question for you. They said, well, we can't answer that. He said, I can't answer yours then. Jesus was off the chain. Okay. Understanding. To understand perfectly and to discern. It's one of the things I'm dealing with now. It's got a lot of people trying to come into my life that don't belong there. Y'all, be careful of one thing. When the Lord gets ready to start bringing you up, folks start showing up. To try to get a piece of what the Lord has given you as he brings you up. Sometimes they're demonic plants and they sound real good. They quote scripture and they, they just want to help you build a church and all that. Wonderful. I don't need no help. The only folk I need are the ones that's here right now. Amen. Now the rest is coming. Wonderful. But, but you know, it's because you got people that want to come and, 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 and they want to sidestep the prophet because I'm a prophet. They want to sidestep the worship leader because I'm a worship leader. They want to sidestep the minstrels because I can play. Wonderful. All that come a dime a dozen. Where were you at seven years ago? Amen. No, we're not talking about people who join us because this is their time to join. But you have some individuals, you all, what they do is they stand back and they watch you until you start get a little popular, uh, get a little popular, and now they want to join you because you're the next cool thing. That's going to be one of the biggest issues over these next seven years is the wrong type of people join us because now they say, oh, no, this is the newest and the greatest. No, it's not. Let me go ahead and finish this. Understanding, to understand perfectly, discernment, counsel, which is advice and purpose, might, which is valor, victory, force, mastery, power, strength, okay? That word 
uh, one of the definitions of force is when you walk in Walmart, it'll feel like a thousand men walked in with you. It means that the more you develop yourself on the inside, it becomes like David, where they said, if we lose you, it's like losing 10,000 men. That's something that the Lord is starting to speak to me about certain members of the congregation. He said, you're going to have members of the congregation if you lose them. He, he spoke to me one. He said, to lose this, he said, you lose this individual, a, a million destinies go down the two with them. <laughs> it's Lord, Lord, y'all don't know where the Lord is taking us, but I know it's up. Knowledge, perception, and skill, fear of the Lord, moral reverence, fear, terror, awesome, respect. That's everything that the Holy Spirit is trying to develop in you every day. It can be difficult if you don't spend time with him. If you don't come to church, if you don't spend time in the word, if you don't spend time in prayer, if you don't read spiritual books, he's always trying to develop this in you because this is what he developed in Jesus, your firstborn brother. Hey, this is what love does. Isaiah 11, 1 through 5. So let's read it again. This is where I close. This might be the simplest message I've ever preached. I feel pretty good. It says, out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot, referring to Jesus. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom, understanding, spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. As a result of these things working in your life, you will delight in obeying God. This is what the Holy Ghost will produce in you. You won't obey God because you think you're going to hell. You will actually delight in obeying God. You will not judge by appearance nor make a decision based on hearsay. Okay. Y'all quit doing that. The Bible says make wise judgments. You can't do that if you don't have all of the information. I don't care who it is, what you thought, what you think. Then people, you know, what some Christians do, they don't have all of that evidence. The Holy Ghost told me. No, he didn't. He didn't tell you nothing. You just came up with that on your own. I didn't have more people tell me the Holy Ghost told me. And then when it doesn't come to pass, I just look at him. <laughs> told you about that girl years ago. I don't know why I'm going to shake her head right now. We were in Bible school. I will never forget this woman as long as I live. She was given a testimony in Bible school. And she said, yes, and I rolled up in the bank and the bank was being robbed. She said, I was sitting there praying the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Ghost said, do this. And that didn't work. So I started praying again. And then the Holy Ghost said, do this. And that didn't work. And they all just sitting there. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm like, do y'all hear this cockamamie foolishness? The Holy Ghost told me to do that and that didn't work. It's because the Holy Ghost didn't tell you that. You came, how many of y'all came up with some foolishness in the name of the Lord? <laughs> King Tom, how many times? My wife will tell you, oh yeah, he, especially when it comes, I'm very careful when it comes to the church, but there's some stuff in my personal life. I believe the Lord told me to do such, such. Three days later, my wife was like, no, the Lord didn't tell you something that stupid. That was you. You came up with that mess. You're right. <laughs> I admit my foolishness. Y'all keep pretending. Y'all still praying, Lord, did I miss it? Yeah, you missed it. You ain't got to pray. Sitting on the side of the road with three tires talking about, did I miss it? <laughs> Crack me up. He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance. He will not make a decision based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word. And one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. So if you have the Holy Spirit, okay, this is what he is trying to do in your life. Well, when we read Isaiah 11, 1 through 5, your picture is there at the top. That's what they're trying to do in your life. And so 
It's because it's very, very difficult. That's why the Bible says be careful not to grieve the Holy Spirit. Do you know the number one way that you grieve the Holy Spirit and the number one way that you grieve your Heavenly Father is when you do not give them the ability to do in your life what they want to do, knowing that all it will do is give you joy and answer your prayers. That's the hardest thing for a father is when he cannot bless his kids because of their behavior. That's the hardest thing in the world. Okay. And so that's how you rob God is you rob him of the joy he gets by blessing his children because they won't act right. You rob God of the joy that he gets of increasing his children because you think that he's for your demise and not for your betterment. And how natural fathers have treated you um, uh, will be kind of how you are programmed with the heavenly father. So if the natural father wasn't there, it'll, be a, it'll, it'll take time for you to think that your heavenly father is going to be there. If the, if the natural father was there, but never a nice person, well, you think God is going to be there, but you think he's just mean. And so how many know we all started messed up pretty much, okay? But that's okay. We all started handicapped, you know, but the Lord is the one that is the healer, and he wants to redeem you from all of these things. So, you know, I'm going to encourage you. I just wanted to do something that was actual simple lesson that I actually believe I did this actual time. Was, you know, we don't never do nothing simple. But, but just... You know, um, the more the Lord opens up eternity to me, the real, more I realize that we are not getting it. Um, because for most of us, we never really heard it, never were taught it as a child, didn't get it at church. What we got at church was hold on to the horns of the altar until next week comes. You know, I mean, it's crazy what you hear, it, the definition of, of victory mostly in the body of Christ is, is um, you know, the Lord can come through to pay a bill. You know, he can, he can pay that house. There's all type of goofy stuff going in the sanctuary, and you keep on rolling. I mean, that's, that's what you hear. It's never a place of dominating the planet. Hey, y'all, I'm going to give y'all a hint on something, too. How many of you know our tagline is dominate? I'm going to find out if this is true. I heard through the grapevine that that's Bishop Oedipo's word for next year. Let me tell you something. If I go over there and that man say that the word for next year, that would scare me. That would scare me. And you'll find out on New Year's Eve why. Even if it doesn't happen, it's still going to scare. What has happened as far as you? If that man utters out of his mouth that the word for next year is dominate, I'm going to run right on that pulpit. <laughs> Give me a microphone. Y'all going to put me in jail today because I got something to say. Y'all going to have to come rescue me out of the Nigerian jail. I'm letting you know that right now. That man get up there and say dominate. Somebody told me that that already came out. That that was the word for next year is dominate. And so, uh, and so, so, you know, I'm just encouraging you all. You know, you're going to have to take your eternity serious. We don't have any revelation about what it means to live forever. And everything that you do every day is going to determine how you live forever. Period. I mean, even even for people that go to hell, the Bible makes it absolutely clear, clear that there are degrees of punishment in hell. That's why he told you remember when Jesus told that group, he said it'll be worse off in the judgment for you than the others because of how you carried yourself. There are degrees of punishment in hell and there are degrees and levels in heaven. OK, I mean, Jesus over and over, you know, we don't like to read those scriptures in hell, but Jesus taught about it a lot. And he talked about the different levels. I mean, the, the torments and 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 I mean, it's just it's really, really, it's really, really. It seems like some of the worst torments in hell have to do with sexual predator kidnapping and some of that stuff. Um, it's it's um, it's a very horrendous place. And the Lord rescued it from that place, you know, and and and. And, and when Jesus said, give your life up so that you can save your life, we read that scripture. Hallelujah. Amen. And then go out and get a biscuit at a restaurant someplace because it was a wonderful church service and, and not taking it home. When you start taking this stuff home and you start you, you start seeking the Lord like you're the only Christian in the planet. You start seeking the Lord as though your life depends on it. You start reading and studying the Bible and praying and seeking 
calling me. You should be getting on my last nerve asking me, hey, what book should I be reading? What scripture should I be reading? What translations of the Bible should I have? You should be wearing us out. Now, some people do. I don't mean it in a negative way. You should be wearing us out, trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out because, y'all, ain't no standard for preachers. The biblical standard is for everybody. You're supposed to be studying this Bible. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. You got to study the Bible to locate yourself. And when you start reading the Bible with the understanding that there's a secret behind every word and behind every sentence, when that Bible comes alive to you, oh my God, it'll blow your mind. Some of the stuff the Lord will start revealing. And this is all hinging on your eternity. So, you know, and that's the biggest thing is the love and the humility. The love and the humility. The love and the humility. And my wife and I, unfortunately, we had to come to the conclusion that, you know what? We thought we were people of love because we were basing it on, you know, we say hi to people. We treat people nice and, you know, we don't abuse people at all. Anybody who told you that we abuse them, they lying. Flat out. How I mean, you know, when people leave you, it's always your fault. It's always amazing. It's always your fault. You know, I actually had somebody accuse me of that here even recently. You know, so it, is, it comes with the territory. When people are broken, they will accuse. Let me say, when people are broken, they will accuse you of what they're doing. So they will go off on you, and, and the love of God will let you see past that. You won't react back. You just say, okay, now's when I go silent on you, and, if, and I'll pray for you, and eventually the Holy Spirit will convict you, and then you got to be there for them when they come back. Okay, but this love of God issue, you start practicing this, you start asking God to get this stuff out of your life, you start living your life the way Jesus would live it if he was you. The stuff that will begin to show up in your life would be scary. And that's where we're going. Because I don't know how to explain this. I don't know how to make you feel this. Yeah, I think you'll get it on New Year's Eve. But the church has just started. Our church has just started. Hey. And um, and that seems strange. You've been open for seven years. Yep, the church just started. You heard me saying that. Now the Lord proved it. So uh, so how many of you want God's best for your life? So you know you and 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 I'll say this last thing and then we'll pray. And that is, the things of God work like a treasure in a big field. You got to look for it. You got to seek it. You got to hunt for it. Okay. Um, you just got to dig. You, you see these movies where they digging for gold, you know, and they, they shaking it around. You got to dive into the things of God. This has to be on your mind day in and day out. You got to, I mean, you get to a level, you go to bed thinking about it. You wake up thinking about it. And you thinking about, I mean, God will reveal one scripture to you and it'll blow your mind. I mean, and then the dream aspect. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just in a somber mood because of all the stuff that I've been dealing with. And I'm just encouraging you all, take this serious. Don't be an individual in these last days that you come to church and you just hear a nice little message. Ah, that was cool. That was wonderful. And you just go back to your life. You were created to be better than that. You were created to chase God. And as you chase him, you would never catch him. He would allow himself to be caught at different moments so that you can enjoy the chase. Okay? And... And the things that the Lord will reveal to you is more than mind-blowing. It, it, uh, it shakes you to the core. You know, I never had an understanding of what the fear of the Lord was. Because I always understood it from a, you know, to be afraid of God. Because he loves you, but he could kill you too. You know what I'm saying? But, but, um, but I always understood it from a... Um, um, but no, understanding it now from a, uh, it's hard to explain. It's, it's a, the scripture uses a term called terrible, um, awesome, you know, marvelous. It's a hard to explain when you realize what this really is. And I'm probably just getting ahead of myself, you know, probably trying to put stuff in your mind that maybe you can't feel at the moment. All I can tell you is this. If you don't practice it, you will regret it forever. Whatever you do practice, you'll wish you had to practice it more when you stand before the Lord. And we have something that the Lord is asking us to accomplish. Hey, he's asking us to accomplish something. Thank you, Lord God. Go ahead and stand up for a moment. Thank you, Lord God.
Blessed be your holy name. Just lift your hands. Thank you, Lord. I'm trying my best to hold back. I'm trying my best to hold back. Almost driving me crazy. What we are getting ready to do has not been done. And that's the scary part. It has not been done. It has not been done. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. So I'm going to encourage you to during these holiday seasons here to prepare your hearts for it now. Prepare your heart for it. not say this to me in an audible voice but I have a strong witness where we are going we will be one of the most dangerous ministries in the planet for one reason the love of God church that operates in the love of God you can't fool with that church you can't do nothing with it if you attack it you get attacked seven times back if you shoot at it bullets bounce off of it and kill you that church operates in love God won't pour out money. He'll pour out gold like dust because of the love of God. Thank you, Lord. So I know we're going into the holidays and I'm just talking for a second. But please just begin to seek the Lord now concerning positioning yourself correctly for next year. Okay? Because I will be different. I'm changing now and I'm trying to slow it down, but it won't slow down. I'm trying to be very quiet stuff that the Lord is sharing with my wife and I I can feel it I'm I'm, I'm becoming a different person and I thought it will be complete thank you oh Lord God I don't believe, I know some of you are praying this way, I'm going to give you a little hint to something I don't believe that when I go to Nigeria, Bishop Oyedipo is going to lay hands on me normally you go to a place, you get used to the atmosphere you get called out, I do not believe that's going to happen say this lightly I believe the Holy Ghost when I believe but Holy Ghost told me that he had already laid hands on me the Lord is teaching me about dreams on a higher level and that there are some dreams that some of you are having and it's really not a dream even though we call it that it's a real scenario where two spirits meet up in a different dimension and real transactions take place you see that with Solomon Solomon he did something in this dimension and when he did something in this dimension he gave a thousand offerings it triggered a real event in another dimension. The Bible says that while the man was asleep, it says the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And they had a conversation. And it was a real conversation. It, was a, it wasn't a symbolic conversation. These two individuals met up in another It's hard to understand. There are many dimensions. They met up in another dimension and had a conversation which was a transaction. And the Lord said, I will do this because you did this. You know, he said, ask me. Solomon said, give me this. And the Lord said, well, I'm going to give you this and I'm going to give you riches and different things like that. And it says that when the dream was over with, the transaction and the conversation that they had in a different dimension came to pass in this one. And so the Lord said, I ain't send you over there for him to lay hands on you because he already laid hands on you. And the Lord had to bring that to my attention. He said, y'all met up in the spiritual realm. And that man called you over to his spot. I was in Nigeria. And when I get over there, I, I guarantee you the building that I went in I will be able to recognize it because I was there in a dream. And then, I don't know if it was a few weeks later, same thing. You know, my wife has a dream, but she's in the sanctuary on the podium in Nigeria. And Faith Oyedipo, his wife, is laying hands on her. Y'all, let me tell you something. There are some things that you are supposed to have. It does not matter the natural barrier. There are no barriers when it comes to the kingdom of God. You understand what I'm saying? You know, such thing is no barrier. And so, get your faith in the mode of that song we sang. God will chase it down. He'll tear it down. He'll bring it down. He'll create it even if it doesn't exist. There are no barriers. In order for me to do what I need to do, I got to get next to the baddest boy in the planet right now when it comes to pastoring. I got to get next to this guy. And the Lord says, no, you don't. I'm going to put you with them in the spiritual realm in another dimension. I've had five conversations with Bishop Oedipo. Five. And the last one, he was peer preaching in America. I told you, I'm going to keep saying this until New Year's Eve. He walked right up to me. He said, sir. He said, son. Because I told him I was. He smiled. And in, in the dream, he smiled like, oh, you're the guy. That's just how he smiled. Because he was walking 
you know, I guess he used to people getting on his nerves. And I'm like, hey, man, you know, I'm Otha Turnbow. I'm, I'm, you know, coming to see you in December, you know, and I pastor a church called Lionheart Church. When I said Lionheart Church, this is what he did. He's, then he looked at me, got serious. What must be done in America, I cannot do. But you can do it, my son. And then the dream just switched off. Woke up. Boom. Okay? Have five conversations with that man. Okay? So I already had a conversation with that man. So I'm not going over there to have another conversation with that man. Because apparently I can have a conversation with that man whenever I need to have a conversation with that man. See? So I don't know what's coming. But it's coming. And it's about to come fast. So lift your hands. Thank you, Lord God, for your mercy and your grace and wisdom. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, O Lord God. Help us to be pure, O Lord God, to carry this mandate, to carry this power, to destroy wickedness on a level that it has never seen before. Thank you, O Lord God, that the light will surely overcome all darkness. Thank you that the prosperity will surely overcome all poverty. Thank you, O Lord God, that the healing that is in angels' wings will surely overcome all sickness. And I thank you, O Lord God, that surely this church will destroy everything that Satan created. And it will be days of heaven on earth before you come back. It'll be heaven on earth. Thank you, Lord God. And you will give us the ability, O Lord God, as people to operate as a thousand men and as a church to operate as an entire country. Thank you, O Lord God, that the money that comes into this place will be like the money in hundreds of banks. Thank you, O Lord God, that the healing that will be dished out will be like a million hospitals. Thank you, Lord God, for it will be a heaven upon earth. There will be no lack. There will be no depression. The joy of the Lord will be our strength. Thank you, Lord God, that days of weeping are over. Days of depression are over. Days of fear are over. The days of the church being made fun of are completely over. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord God. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name.